This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. That is something that we came about when we initially started doing our direct-to-consumer engagement, when we started trying to get people into certain systems and we realized they have a very much locked front door. So much resources, time is being put into all of this marketing, but what's not being realized is that a lot of these systems have bolted front doors. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host, Trevor Durin. Today, we're going to continue a topic that we've spent plenty of time on this spring, and that's our new learnings and solutions and findings and problems from members around consumer innovation. I have from our consumer innovation team, Lori Dowd is a principal on the team. We also have Martha McElroy from ShareMD Connect, who directs their nurse education team that focuses on direct consumer engagement. I'm really excited for the story the two of them are going to be able to share with us around what we've learned from so many conversations with health system members who are using SG2's bread and butter demand-based tools to find growth opportunities, but then saying, we're not sure we can realize these growth opportunities because we have access challenges and a variety of other things I know Lori and, and Martha will walk us through. Lori, systems know that their navigation, their care pathways are an enormous challenge for patients. Why is it important? How do we do it? What do we do to assess their ability to capture a growth opportunity? I think that right now, Trevor, we're in a very interesting time. We have all of these systems that are coming out of the pandemic, but there's so many unique challenges that they're being presented within the healthcare landscape. We have so many different things coupled. We have financial losses that I mentioned. We have a ton of merger and acquisition activity going on within the health system space. And then there's all of these disruptors from other totally different areas of care that they necessarily haven't had to compete with prior. And then we have historically inpatient services moving to ambulatory. So it's just such a unique time in the health system landscape that that's why we really do need to take a step back and focus on what we're trying to actually drive the patient for and how do we really get them to those care pathways. Are you usually working with just the marketing team with operations? Those teams are usually not that well connected. How do we work within that dynamic that we know exists within so many health systems? You hit the nail on the head. Typically, those two departments have worked in a pretty siloed capacity, but that's one of the goals of this campaign and of this solution. We're trying to figure out all of those rich marketing dollars. How do we lead that back and make sure that operationally the health system can handle them and that they can get through that care pathway? One of the ways that we do that is during the implementation time before we ever have a health system or provider partner put this type of campaign in place is to really test out what that patient journey looks like when they're trying to pick up the phone, call the health system. Are they on hold for 40 minutes? Are they able to get to someone? Are they calling a central scheduling? Are they trying to appoint with the physician office directly to get a patient appointment? Trying to identify what that looks like before we ever put a campaign on market. Like what is that going to look like from the consumer side of trying to make a patient appointment and figure out what that care pathway looks like? looks like. If there are pain points, we can identify them and figure out some type of workaround. So once a campaign is actually in market that we truly can get patients to. Well, Martha, one way we can help is at least trying to identify those worst friction points in the patient's care journey or those bottlenecks that just over and over again cause big wait times or delays or patients just get lost. They're not sticky enough. How do you and your team go about identifying those trickiest friction points? 
That is something that we came about when we initially started doing our direct-to-consumer engagement, when we started trying to get people into certain systems and we realized they have a very much locked front door. So much resources, time is being put into all of this marketing, but what's not being realized is that a lot of these systems have bolted front doors. And what I mean by that is part of our implementation process is something that we call our pulse analysis. And what it allows us to do is really do a full, complete consumer experience assessment. We actually put calls into your system acting as consumers trying to schedule an appointment. And what we realize is that the majority of these individuals don't realize that, number one, people might be waiting on phones for 20, 30 minutes. Other individuals may not realize that these phone calls are going straight to voicemail and no one's answering the phones. We very, very quickly realized how important being able to visualize and be aware of that entry point for a consumer, how critical that is. And unfortunately, most systems are completely unaware. With very simple tweaks, there's a large opportunity to really unlock that front door and really let all of those resources and marketing money really get put to good use. That is part of our initial implementation process to really take a look at that experience so that when once we get engaged, we can ensure that it's going to be a smooth process and a clean entry point into the system. Lori, do you want to add anything? So the other thing, Trevor, that I would say ShareMD Connect team really does so well is to help health systems identify who they're trying to drive volume for. So for example, if they are trying to drive cardiovascular volume, let's get more niche than that. Are they trying to drive valve? Are they trying to drive AFib? What are they actually trying to drive into the system? So the other thing they do is really pinpoint which types of conditions and procedures the health system's trying to drive service line volume for and finding that prospective set of consumers and patients in their market and then really targeting them with that educational content to get them through the funnel so they do come into the health system for the type of care that the health system is trying to drive volume for. As you're doing assessments, trying to identify bottlenecks, friction points, what do you often find? Are there some patterns? Tell me some good stories. Are there some outliers? One example is we had one recent healthcare system was very focused on bariatrics, saying we don't understand, we're putting a ton of marketing dollars into this, really promoting it. And we made about 20 phone calls and our total number was less than 25% actually were answered by someone. When you start to realize what a critical importance, just that knowledge and just being aware of those major issues, how far that can go as far as your goals to really grow those specific service lines. Another great example is a specific case study that we did with here in the Southeast, they were in the middle of their Epic integration, which is a lot to handle, but they knew there'd be some wait times, but I don't think they were aware of how long those wait times would be. And so when we started making our pulse analysis, we were calling in and we were easily waiting anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes. So a total average of 27 minutes, just waiting to speak with someone. That's it. Other very specific service line focused issues, very siloed departments, call center versus actual valve department itself, service line. Unfortunately, there isn't always a clear point of communication as to how that process flows. But when we test that entry point, we're able to visualize that, for example, in Emery's case, we were calling in waiting about 27 minutes to finally speak with someone. Once we finally got in, unfortunately with the valve department, there was no way to directly schedule an appointment. They could only message their department. The messaging would be sent back to the valve department. Then a few days later, the valve department would call back. Their service line leaders, specifically one excellent cardiothoracic surgeon that partnered with us, was completely unaware of that. So once we made her aware of that, she and her team, along with their director of their heart valve team, took it upon themselves to immediately create an expedited process that then led from a 27 minute wait to a five minute scheduling wait for us to just hand off and to be able to get them scheduled and actually get an appointment date and time. 
as you can imagine, they went from a consumer waiting days to ever hear back from Val's department in order to even get an appointment day at a time to five minutes after they spoke with one of our nurses, got introduced about the system, were ready to schedule an appointment. Once we handed off to that Valve department, it was five minutes and they had an appointment date and time. You can only make those tweaks and those adjustments. So if you're aware of what is going on. We work together, SG2 and ShareMD Connect, because we're great at identifying the growth opportunity, but then we know there's so many hurdles to making it real. Sometimes identification is enough to let them visualize a really easy solution, but I'm sure that's not always the case. How else do you get involved? What are some things that have worked really well? What are some things that you're just learning that are the next hurdle you're going to have to work on? One common aspect that we are finding across the board really is critical staffing shortages, which leads to less answered phones, less time being able to speak to educate patients over the phone when they're inquiring about a specific service or program. That is one thing that our nurse education team really takes upon themselves. We are completely consumer education focused. We do not provide medical advice. We are able to provide that time to that consumer that your operations team don't have that ability to do. Our nurses can spend 10, 15, 20, sometimes even 30, 40 minutes on the phone with an individual explaining to them about what a bariatrics program is like. It takes a lot of time. Our nurses receive a lot of training to make sure that they can very clearly and easily speak to those partner provider services and simply explain those to a consumer. So once that education is provided, once that consumer is familiarized with these specific programs and services and how those can benefit them, it becomes very easy at that point to then connect them through for a scheduled appointment. So what we're finding is that with continued staffing shortages, we can really help offset that, lift some of that load off of the operations team, really give that consumer experience what they deserve, which is time to be listened to and time to be educated, and then go ahead and connect them over for that appointment date and time now that they understand what's going to go on. Now that they have questions, they understand what bariatric surgery even is. What we also find is that the providers love it because these individuals come into their office, they're motivated, they feel that they understand what options are available. They're then able to then dive into very complex, more detailed conversations with their provider. Across the board, really finding it's a really nice win-win situation all around. You're not only benefiting that consumer within a white glove patient experience entry point into your system with a nurse really hand-holding them and bringing them right to your front door. You're allowing your operations team to do what they do best, which is clinical operations. Let them handle your clinics and then let our nurses educate them and bring them in and take that time. So you're lifting that load off of them. And then the providers love it because we're getting the right patients into their door that are educated and really ready to take action. This healthcare maze is overwhelming for even individuals who work in the system. So you can only imagine somebody outside of the system. Most of the time, they don't even know who they should be calling to schedule with. So having a nurse that can reach out to somebody that can say, hey, you were looking into bariatric information. Let me help answer some of that information for you. And then create like a very much personalized introduction into your healthcare system. There's nothing like it. And the feedback we've received from consumers is that they love it. They feel like they're finally being listened to and they're finally being navigated exactly where they need to be into the system. So absolutely a great way to proactively engage consumers who may not even be at the point of even looking at a specific healthcare system. We're catching them way early in the journey, very at the top of the funnel. And before they even decide to go with your competitor, we're doing a very personalized introductory directly into your system. Do you have some results you can share that sync up and speak to the metrics and measures that marketing teams focus on when they're trying to understand traditional ROI? Do you sync up with their traditional ROI look? Do we have a different way of positioning it? 
Yeah, absolutely. We haven't really touched on that, but it's a good question. So once we have a campaign in place, the way that we look at this engagement is an ongoing monthly basis. So we want to know just at the onset, how many people are interacting with the content the ShareMD Connect team is putting out. So how many people are touching that? We'd call them like high intent leads. How many people are engaging with it? They're downloading it, they're reading it, they're clicking through it, et cetera. So that's our first metric that we look at monthly. The next thing we look at is how many actual nurse conversations are being had with prospective patients. That's another huge metric that we're looking at on an ongoing basis. And then the most value one to our health system members and providers is how many patients did we actually transfer into their system via a nurse call? So we got one of those consumers on the line and then how many did we actually transfer into the system? And what we do when we look at that is, well, we're not receiving any type of financials or data back from the health system. We look at SG2's standard reimbursement rates and know based on the type of lead and based on type of the procedures and conditions that we're promoting, approximately how much those would net into the system. So we come up with like an estimated proxy ROI that we can give them back at the end of the campaign. But monthly on an ongoing basis, we're looking at those metrics like to understand what the health of the campaign is and how many leads we're driving into the system overall. I'll just bring up the Emory case study again, is that they were specifically looking at trying to introduce more volume into their valve service lines and their atrial fibrillation service lines. So after a nine-week engagement, we were able to hand off and they were able to schedule 63 individuals over a nine-week engagement, which you can imagine, very high-value patients that we know need to get into the system. We're finding that just that proactive engagement really goes a long way and really provides great results. And another factor that is also great is that not only in addition to the transfers that we're providing, but our nurses are speaking to these individuals. These are very condition-specific individuals, and we're able to gather a large amount of consumer insights based on that. We're able to find out what is it for a valve appointment? How far are people willing to drive for a valve appointment? What kind of content is it that they are engaging with most online and that they're looking for? What are their most frequently asked questions? What are their biggest pain points and barriers to taking that next step? So within these very information rich conversations, we're able to gather a ton of information that's extremely helpful for systems to be able to better market and to engage these individuals. Is this something that every health system could use? Are there some common pain points, questions, things that perk your ears up that you know, oh, we'll be able to find some low-hanging fruit here easily? What do you listen for? What should our strategists listen for when they're trying to think about the implementability of a growth strategy? The number one most common thing that we hear is, are they trying to drive volume for X service line? So that's probably the most basic, but sometimes there's more intricate problems than we hear. For example, it might be a health system that has a completely built out, let's use orthopedic, for example, orthopedic service line, like a really holistic offering and really is giving top level care, but they might be by a major metropolitan market. So even though there is local care available to patients and consumers right there, they might be driving to a Boston, a Chicago, et cetera, you know, input any big city and might be leaving their local area for care. So it's different sets of problems. It might just be volume, but it also might be something more complex where they're losing volume to a competitor or even a competitor that might be further than people think that patients would drive for services or for care, but they want to make sure that they get their message out in front of more prospective patients, that their volume needs can be serviced by the health systems local to their community. Have any of the systems that we work with done anything besides try to focus this on commercial volume? Is there a play around different patient segments here that they're trying to drive into their system? Or is this pretty much short-term commercial margin generating services? 
through our many conversations with members and providers, they like this idea because health systems are always looking for net new patients. But in some areas, they want us to help their current patient population. So maybe they're not compliant for care. Their own staff is just simply too overwhelmed to try to keep these people within compliance because they have staffing shortages and there's a limit to how much time they can spend in some of these areas. So that's one example. Or like another example that a lot of health systems are exploring is care pathways that have a really, really long patient journey. Let's use bariatrics, for example. Oftentimes, they have patients or prospective patients, I should say, that are very interested in those services, but might need a lot more coaching and nurturing along the way that the health system just doesn't have the bandwidth to provide. And that's another place where we've been asked to come alongside and help partner with them. So we're absolutely exploring a few different ways that we can work with this model of having this unique opportunity to have a true healthcare professional, a registered nurse, reach out to a prospective patient and help them along that care, or in some cases, an already existing patient. So we're exploring what that might look like for some of the needs that we're just hearing in the marketplace that need to be filled. Yeah. And I'll just add to that. It's definitely a gap that we immediately identified in our healthcare system. It's something that requires a lot of time and attention. And unfortunately, a lot of nurses in the clinical environment don't have that ability to provide that time to consumers to really nurture leads and to really provide education and a personalized approach to getting them into the system. And so we can do that even for individuals that have already engaged. Most systems know that there's certain pathways that they have, certain marketing programs that they have that only if they had somebody to really reach out and just engage that that person, get them into the front door, that's all that they would need. And that's the service that we are providing is to really fill that gap of just that void of lack of education and lack of personalized attention. Our nurse team can definitely do that. That's exactly what I'm thinking, that any disease-specific program is going to hugely benefit from that level of time commitment, education, navigation, et cetera. So that's exciting to hear. All right. Thank you both so, so much for sharing your stories, your perspective, and teeing up and concisely explaining how we're working with members on this as they're so focused on finding a couple short-term wins. Look forward to hearing you back on SG2 Perspectives again soon. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments, or ideas for episodes, and you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Visient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can all be found at visientinc.com backslash podcasts.